De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. And I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the revenue generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host, Doug Bell. And today we're going to be talking about the fall of content factories and the rise of modern day content distribution B2B. Joining us is Brett McGrath, who is the VP of Marketing at The Juice which is the content curation platform for B2B marketing and sales professionals and the distribution channel for brands who want to reach them. So far this week, Brett and I talked about the fall of content factories. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by talking about the rise of content distribution. Okay, here's my conversation with Brett McGrath, the VP of Marketing at The Juice. Brett, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you don't mind me making fun of the cults yesterday. It's okay. I'm a lonely season ticket holder. It was a rough year. And I know we need a new coach and a new quarterback. And those things are hopefully coming soon. And I know they're pestering me right now, but I do plan on renewing my season tickets. So the Colts reps can eventually hopefully stop emailing me and calling me. It's eventually going to happen. I just need a little time. All right, Colts, stop bugging Brett. Brett, before we take another topic, just clearly have a great passion for content. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How do you find yourself the juice? I often start this story off by saying our founder and CEO, uh, Jonathan Gandalf, is a phenomenal sales guy. He is a marketer, but he's a really good sales guy. I joined the business pre-product, employee number two, maybe number three. We started with Elena, our growth marketer, and we can kind of fight around who is employee number two or not. But yeah, I had worked in software companies, B2B, marketing functions, all different shapes and sizes my entire career. I really missed marketing to marketers. And I had met Jonathan when he was going through this, talking to 100 marketers in 100 days. And he started talking about the vision of the business and I connected with it. And he asked me around Christmas time two years ago, hey, you have a lot of passion for this topic. I've seen your work over time. Like, would this be something you're interested in? 24 hours later, I emailed him and said, let's do this. So definitely been a uh, learning lesson and it's been a hell of a crash course. And I would recommend this to any marketer. It's like, you get an opportunity to join a business that you believe in pre-product, do it. Because it forces you as the marketer to not start off out of the gates thinking about features and functionality and how you can position certain things. But it really gets you into thinking about the minds of the people you're trying to reach. And that's where I, I decided out of the gates, okay, no product, let's start telling stories. Let's start curating ideas that we believe in as a business. So yeah, I just came up on my two year anniversary with the company. It's wild, um, time, time flies when you're having fun, but really excited about the things that we're doing and just some of the customers we're serving and the momentum we're, we're gaining going into 2023. 
Yeah, if folks didn't catch this, there's a little 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 nugget in there I want to point out, which is marketing to marketers is not easy, right? These are folks that have incredibly high standards because guess what? They're on the other side marketing back, frankly, to others. And standards talking it's hard, right? You talked about yesterday, talked quite a bit about getting out of that content factory trap by thinking about narrative, right? Thinking about content diversity. So let's talk a little bit more about this idea of content distribution. So this, so we started yesterday, we talked about content factories. I feel like this is sort of the antidote rather to that, which is to say, how can we think about really good practices and building on this idea of earned, owned, and paid media, this combination to really make sure our content finds its way out there. So talk to me about this idea of content distribution and what you see as sort of the mature model that folks should be thinking about. So I'll give an example right out of the gate. So when well, when I talk about my first couple months at The Juice, I knew I wanted to create, I knew I wanted to start a podcast and do all the things that any content person needs to do in 2023 to grow their brand. But it had been a while since I had marketed to marketers. So what I did was investigate. I put my investigative hat on and I started to visit all the channels that our future customers went to go talk, share ideas, and learn. So this is, you know, your LinkedIn's, your Twitter's, your Slack communities, you name it. If marketers were sharing links and talking in those groups, I was there listening. And what I started to notice was that I started to recognize individuals and then learn about their brands who would show up in each of these channels and not do it in a way that was like, hey, look at me, look at my stuff, click here. But it was sharing in conversations. It was collaborating on content. It was several different ways that people were showing up. And then what would happen, I'd be like, wow, this person's very interesting. Let me go click in and learn where they work. And then I would learn about their brands because they were in these channels distributing their content, thoughts, and ideas. And I think one guy I'll just plug here out of the gates who we've gotten to know each other since I've, you know, been at the juice, but is Nick Bennett. Nick Bennett was at Alice, just moved over to Airmeet, and he is a master at distribution. He does a very good job of taking a message and delivering it on LinkedIn and customizing it for LinkedIn and his audience there, and then thinking about how it goes on a platform like Twitter. If he's going to get on someone's podcast, how he talks about what he wants to, to get across there, but always doing so from the perspective of adding value. So I think ultimately with content distribution, it is kind of the opposition of content factory because less is more. Like it, the opportunity is taking one piece of content and thinking about how it can reach not all the people, but the right people. And I'm really inspired by distribution and the trend that I'm seeing in B2B marketing. And I think the more we lean in on content distribution, the better we're going to connect with the people that we're trying to reach. And we're starting to see some of those early outcomes just based on the way we approach content at The Juice. I've not heard of Nick Bennett, but I have to say I'm a big fan of Alice. So we'll check out Nick. There's a tip for you folks. We'll check out Nick Bennett together for kind of the ideal with what's uh, needing to get done from a content distribution standpoint. I feel like there's been a lot of attention rightfully paid to earned and owned media. And this gets back to our conversation yesterday about the content factory, right? So it feels like you know, we can spend a lot of time kind of digging in, understanding the intersection between those two. But something that's been a blind spot for me, and I'd love you to weigh in on a bit more, is the use of paid media and, and sort of the ability to use the content engine as it applies to earn, own, and paid, that overlap. 
and I will say from my perspective over time, it has felt like using paid to promote content that's top of funnel. I'll give you my example. Using paid to promote content that's top of funnel, I always felt like, gosh, it feels like a really, it's a waste of spend. I wouldn't have to explain that to my board or the investors. But I have to say recently, I've read a ton about how sort of clever use of paid to help content distribution, including things like, and of course, we know as podcasters that there's a real benefit to paid when it comes to podcast distribution. But it feels sort of feels like the, the idea of blog or blogger written content paid distribution really is a no-no, but that's changing pretty quickly. So what's your experience there? And, and how do you kind of recommend folks look at paid? And how do they blend it together with earned and note? I try to think about it different from when I had a budget when I was a junior level marketer for the first time and thinking about where I'd spend my money typically. I'll never forget my boss came to me and he said, hey, Brett, you have $10,000 left in the quarter. It's it's if you don't spend it, we're going to lose it. So what are we going to do with it? And I just couldn't like I was trying to wrap my head around that. And I was like, $10,000. Holy cow. So what I wanted to do, I called up my content syndication vendor who would reach out to me all the time and said, hey. I need leads. I've got this piece of content. Let's go. And next thing I know it, two weeks later, I had a CSV file with a bunch of names and a list. And I told my boss, I was like, look at all these leads we got from this. Uploaded into Salesforce, distributed those to the inside sales team. It was like two weeks later after that, I got an email from the director of sales down there. He's like, dude, these leads suck. And, I was like, <laughs> and what I didn't realize at the time was, yeah, we're paying for this, but it doesn't matter if our salespeople are waste, feel like they're wasting the time and they're not qualified. So that moment in time really changed my perspective on paid for the better, I think. It forced me not to like be so focused in on it. So what I would say just based on that story is like, if you're gonna have a paid strategy, don't just go do what everyone else is doing in your space, but find opportunities to wedge your story and message into something new. So the way we're doing this at The Juice is we have a two-sided marketplace. We need, we're trying to attract brands to distribute content on our platform, but then there's also members. Like we're trying to, a membership's free. You can go to thejuicehq.com, sign up and, and start exploring today. And we're trying to grow that, that member population. And a, one way that we found successful to do this is identify the creators in the space who have influence over these micro communities. They all have newsletters. They're all looking for funding and go sponsor their stuff, like sponsor their stuff. They built trust with that audience. And you have one of those marketers saying, hey, everyone, go check out the juice. It's a great place to explore new content. Then what happens? Anytime we run one of those campaigns, we have in our Slack, we've got it set up so we can always tell when new members join. It's like crazy. So we found growth through thinking about things a little bit differently on the paid side. And that's just what's worked for us. I'm not recommending go out and do the newsletter thing, but maybe go do the newsletter thing. Just try to find what your goals are and don't just necessarily spend all that money with you know paid PPC, display stuff, LinkedIn. That's what everyone's doing. Like find something that's a little different. I feel like we agree a little bit too much on that side. So I have the same healthy skepticism around paid. And I think that we've all had that experience with content syndication. We ended up paying $60 per lead and the leads didn't convert. So we sort of learned our lesson that content syndication for lead generation, it's it's not a good combo, right? Maybe good for contact building, but guess what? Go to Zoom, download a bunch of contacts, same thing, a much cheaper approach overall. Are there ways that folks can be thinking about content distribution in terms of that overlap between owned and earned media. I, by the way, big fan of the juice. Part of the reason I wanted you on today is I'm such a big fan of the juice. And I think it's a really good business model. And, and I think you guys do sort of help tackle that owned and earned media overlap. But I feel like that's a sweet spot. Any other recommendations you'd have for folks 
sort of dealing with that balance. Would you just say the juice? I obviously I'm a little biased, but, you know, we're trying to reimagine syndication from content distribution focus. So it's for us, it's about connecting your content to the right people at the right time. You post on any channel, LinkedIn, Twitter, and it's going out to everyone. But we're highly focused on making sure that every member on our platform who has specific role type, who has specific interest, we're trying to map that content that's going to hit those person because we it's all about it resonating. And so for us, it's less about quantity and it's more about quality. And I think that's where the, the shift is going. I think just in terms of like own channels, like we're on a podcast right now, we have a podcast, Modern Day Marketer, and just like a simple way that I've really seen momentum form for us on the distribution side is just, I put on my BDR hat and I go out and find people who are interesting, who are creating or doing interesting things that I think would be good, cool to talk about on our show. And what inevitably, inevitably happens is we start this relationship. And the intention of the show isn't to go build new sales pipeline and relationships, but you get to know someone. And so through that process, we're creating content. It's helping distribute content. Those individuals are helping us distribute content. And then what happens is they say, hey, we've got a show. We liked what you talked about. Let's go hop on our show and let's talk much like we're doing today. And then the juice gets exposure into their audience. And so it's that those types of approaches. And it it all comes down to just like building relationships, like building relationships with like-minded people in your industry, like is never a bad idea. So that's a little bit about how we think about just our product and then just content in general. That's how, that's like the strategy and approach we're taking with Modern Day Marketer, which is our show. Talk to me about Nick Bennett. You mentioned him a bit before. You know, we're, we're live on this podcast. So I don't have time to go Google and check out Nick. But what are some of the things that marketers like Nick are doing? You, you mentioned a best practice yourself in terms of reaching out to like-minded folks, building relationships. I think you're going to find people that are very good at developing content, distributing content. That's sort of the insider play. What is Nick doing that really stood out to you? He's all in on his personal brand. So it's not, I work at Alice, I work at Airmeet, go check out our stuff. It's not like robotic. It's just, I am, he's out there sharing his thoughts, ideas, providing value through podcasts, video, newsletter, social media, you name it. And it's just constantly adding value. And then eventually you get to this point where you're in his like overall audience where you're like, where does this guy work? And then you drill in and then you go investigate. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, if I'm looking for direct mail solution, Alice is where I'm going to want to go because I trust Nick Bennett. Or if I'm looking for, you know, a new video solution to do events, maybe I'll go look at AirMeet because that's where Nick Bennett works. So I just think that's what stands out to me. It's not about his company. It's it's about his thoughts and his ideas. And then consistency around that, eventually you as the consumer are curious and you start to investigate those places and then you fall into potentially their sales funnel. And that that whole process, I think, is how brands are winning new business these days and having a Nick Bennett at your company helps expedite it. Let's talk a little bit more about this idea between the fall of the content factory per se and the development of content distribution. And I want to take the opposite approach in talking about what Nick's doing because we all are lucky if we get a Nick, right? We've all had those folks that are just really good at understanding. And at the end of the day, frankly, building sort of that slog of going through and building that reputation. But we're a $50 million company, need, need to get to $100 million. We're $20 million, need to get to $40. We're, we're all in that place of scale. So aside from sort of 
adopting best practices from folks like Nick. Are there other tips you can kind of share when it gets to, hey, I can't hire enough Nicks to get on top of this? Yeah, so I spent my first half of my career in demand gen, and I've spent the back half of my career in brand and content. And I am always a fan of recommending that the closer you can get to your sales team, the better. My mentality has always been like, marketing works for sales. Like if we can't be successful, if sales isn't successful. So no matter your role, like if you're in brand, if you're in content, like find opportunities and that this can be a forcing function. And this is how you become a leader, right? You find an opportunity, you see a gap with inside your business and you start to try to align with a salesperson or a team. It can be one person, like start running experiments, start running tests with that individual. It's like, you package that up and you can say, I'm the marketer. I help this salesperson create three opportunities. Two of those opportunities turn into new revenue. We've got 100K this quarter because of this relationship that I've built. That becomes this case study. Now, as a marketer, we always want to market externally. Start thinking about how you can market internally. You take that case study and you go do a showcase with the rest of the organization. And then all of a sudden, you that's where you gain traction and momentum. And that's where you're in a new role in six months. And then you're in another role in 12 months. So that would be my recommendation. Like, don't work in an, a silo. Like, reach out across the aisle. Do whatever you can. And start small. Start with one salesperson that you have a really good relationship with who gets marketing, who understands content and the power, and start running some experiments. Great tips from Brett. Brett, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Brett McGrath, VP of Marketing at The Juice for joining us. If you'd like to contact Brett or learn more about him, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Indy McGrath or visit his company website at thejuicehq.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generated podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show, of course. You can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet, want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed. I'm going to publish an episode every day during work week, so hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 